Hello and welcome to Britpop Bantar. My name is Kevin. I'm Leslie. Hello, Les. Hi. How are you doing? I'm well. How are you? I'm pretty tired, actually. I'm pretty tired. Why? Uh, I don't, I've been a bit crook this week. Oh. Good old Aussie term, that one. A bit crook. Yeah, that's a shame. Um, but I'm alright. I'm going to plough through this because I'm excited about this episode. So we are on episode 18, number 34. So we're about to sneak into the 20s any minute now. Oof. Placebo's self-titled album. So excited. I you love this album. so excited. The so minute pumped. I walked through your door, you were so pumped. pumped. So pumped. Pumped. It's boom time, Les. Boom time. I... And today's going to be a good day. I get to talk about Placebo. Uh-huh. I get to go and watch the Sydney Swans in the pub. Ugh. Got my Sydney Swans t-shirt you on. You do, it's true. AFL, everybody go and watch it. Don't. Um, and then I'm going out for dinner. Big day. Big day ahead. a big week. I took most of my notes on a plane. Been it, on a lot of planes this week. We're back to the first couple of episodes, I feel like, where it's just yeah, scribbles but, on a page. But you get Wi-Fi on planes now. You do? So I had plenty of time to do my uh, research, of which I have done a lot. And I feel it's very interesting, not only for us, but for our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On uh, Twitter and Facebook, we are at, at BritpopBanter. And you can email us, BritpopBanter at gmail.com. Uh, questions, feedback, uh, give us a rating if you can, please. A couple of things. Send us your guilty pleasures, so 90s albums uh, that you're a bit embarrassed about, you want us to add to the list. We've got a belter today to talk about. And uh, we've got an Ask Us Anything episode we're trying to put together for a rainy day. So if you have any questions, just send them through. A rainy day in Australia? It rained yesterday. Did it? Well, you weren't here. You were travelling. Yeah. So yeah, it, it actually chucked it down yesterday. Oh, did it? Yeah, I had to ride home on it. Not on the Gold Coast? No, I imagine it would be lovely. Lovely. Yeah, no, crappier. Um, all views expressed in this podcast are 100% our own. And while we poke fun at some bands and artists, we appreciate their talent and sacrifice to create these albums. I don't think we'll be doing that this episode. No, we won't. Apart from... Oh, we will. For the uh, for the guilty pleasure, I think, yeah. But that's well deserved, I feel. All right, last week, Black Grape, it's great when you're straight. What did you think of the episode? I thought it was good. I think we did it justice. I... You I got a retweet from Sean? I know, it's crazy. Um, uh, uh, did you read the latest about him in the news? I read no. an article about him that he said that he got... Um, Visited by aliens. Did he really? Yeah. When? I don't know, maybe a couple of weeks back. <laughs> on a Tuesday morning. I, I did, don't know. I, I did. read something briefly when I was on my plane. I remember when I was doing my research, he's really into Uf- UFOs and aliens and right. he posted a couple of shows here and there. So, uh, mm. uh, given the lifestyle he's had, I'd probably be seeing aliens too. Yeah. Uh, I The Black Grape episode, I walked away, I had a lot of fun doing it, but I felt that we didn't expand on the band enough because there's actually not that much on Black Grape and, and Kermit. And there was two things I walked away that I'm a bit annoyed about at myself. One, we talked about why is the album cover Carlos the Jackal. So I was like, no, I'm determined. I'm going to find out why the heck it is. So I did find out why. So let me tell you. Yeah, All right. Please do. So the design was by a company called Central Station Design. Uh, they were approached by the, a record label who said this, Sean has always been a man of many guises. We wanted to represent his talent for reinventing himself. And as kids, we were fascinated by the face of Carlos the Jackal and his many disguises. His giant square head was a perfect shape for the cover. (laughs) We wanted to incorporate the title of the album into the artwork as it was such a great statement. We spent a long time working on the type, getting the right feel for the text and making it fit within the sunglasses. So how about that? 
Because Sean has reinvented them a couple himself, he's being compared to Carlos the Jackal. Yeah, a bit of a stretch, but... <laughs> but there you go, that's the reason. The second one, which I'm really annoyed at myself, is I was talking about Kermit and, and how it's quite hard to find out stuff about him. And I can't believe he actually appeared on one of my favourite albums on two songs. What? So it's an artist that I love. We're not going to talk about on this podcast. But um, Bentley Rhythm Ace. Oh, did he? Yeah, so he was on the For, for Your Ears Only. And he did two tracks. Um, and I just I went, oh my God, I can't believe I forgot that. And I actually seen him live with Bentley Rhythm Ace as well. So I it would be good if you could start taking this podcast seriously. <laughs> Actually, start doing some research. I mean, I just it's, sick, but sick to be of fair, carrying this. That's that's my memory. That's my. That's not research. Yeah, your memory, that's shocking. shocking. I don't understand why. Shocking. All right. Uh, so a couple of pieces around homework. Um, Edwin Collins. I'm still listening to that album, and I gave it a six and a half. I said maybe a seven. It's definitely a seven. From Glasgow to London, I must sing every day. Great song. Great song. So because of that... I'm not listening to it. You're not going back to listen to no, that song? No, thanks. Jeez, loved it. Loved it. Um, we talked about music DVDs. We talked about mm. there and then. Um, I went... Yep, definitely my favourite. I'd say it's my favourite on sort of the guitar indie side. But Fat Boy Slim live at Brighton Beach. Oh. No! No! What are you talking... That is... Oh, I must have ground that DVD to nothing. Brilliant. I watched it the other day as well. It's just so British. All these British people drinking Stella with their shirts off on the beach. Beautiful. Fat boy Slim shouldn't be allowed anywhere near a set of dicks. Ah, uh, look. Yes. Remember when we saw him? <laughs> I remember. It was. It was like 10 minutes as that were going. Well, he broke the turntables for one. I mean, two. Like, so fat boy, he just can't mix. But the track selections there, and even on this, this DVD, I was like, oh, that's a, that's a bad one. But... You don't care. You don't care. Great DVD. Um, we went to the record fair. We did. We did. Uh, you know, so obviously timing-wise and your competition, your little game didn't quite pan out. How did you enjoy the record fair? It was good. Um, we got there early. Yeah. But there was still a queue. I know. And we got there early just to make sure that the smell was better. Yep. Because I don't know what it is about people who buy vinyl, but apparently showers are alien to <laughs> So there's a musk. There's a yeah, it's gross. And then we were there. I reckon after about an hour of being in there, you got it, didn't you? There was a bit of a. It's, it rises. I picked, up my, I picked up my Stone Roses vinyl. Yeah. And then I left. Yeah. You're bang. You're bang on. You walk in nice and early, and uh, you just all of a sudden you start to feel this smell. Last year was worse because it was like piping well, we, hot. We went in the afternoon as yeah, well. Yeah. This time we went first thing in the morning, which wasn't bad. Do you want to tell them? Um, do you want to tell the listeners of vinyl that you bought, which probably should have been no mine? I or came, you didn't even... No, um, I came to you a few times during the thing and I said, hey, there's this if you want it. <gasps> you lie. Belinda Carlisle. I said, you can go and have that if you want. <laughs> Can't believe how a friend would do that. You know, that's my favourite song of all time. All right, so I, I had a great time in that film. I picked up some bangers. So I picked up Daft Punk's Homework. Uh, the Future Signed of the United Kingdom 2 by the Freestylers, not the one by Bentley, unfortunately. Basement Jax's album, Kish Cash. And what Les is whinging about is the fact that I found... It's not a whinge, it's just merely pointing it out. Massive Attacks, Unfinished Sympathy on vinyl. 
I, I said, do you, hold on a sec, I said to you, had a big massive go at me, and I said, all right, we'll buy it off me for 20 bucks, which is what you I paid for it. You didn't buy 20 bucks. I paid 20, song. no, because it has the uh, Paul Oakenfold remix, which is You nice. wouldn't pay 20 bucks for two songs. I did. You did. I did. Mothballs coming out of your wallet. <laughs> Flat out. So anyway, but, but what did I give you? For free. Oh yeah, you did. Man with the red face. By Laurent Garnier. Which is quite apt now looking at you, so. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Ouch. Uh, so, good day at the finals. Uh, we also, chart wise, Slovakia, number oh. 31. Slovakia. Thank you, Slovakia. Thank you, the whole of Slovakia, for that one. Um, always brilliant when we see where we're actually being listened to. Um, Les, do you want to do your singles? Your little countdown? Yes, I do. Or is there anything else you want to sort of talk about from last week? No, we'll do this and then we can go into the. Homework. Yeah. So. All right. So what are we doing? So we left. So it's the top 200 tracks of the 90s from Pitchfork magazine. Yeah. So they got all of their writers together and they did this whole poll and um, they came up with this. Okay. So we ended on 40 last week, which was Little Fluffy Clouds by The Orb. Right. Number 39. I listened to, just on that, I listened to your boy Autumn Sweater. Yeah. And how it was like this generation's love song or weird song. Yeah. Who the hell? It was weird. Go on. So 40 was Little Fluffy Clouds by yep. The Orb. Yep. 39, yep. Sabotage the Beastie Boys. Oh, what a great song. Yep. And I've been listening to the Beastie Boys a lot. Have you? Yeah, yeah, I just... That's not been your homework. Um, <laughs> so then, number 38, Check the Rhyme, A Tribe Called Quest. Oh, oh. 37, Nothing Compares to You, Sinead O'Connor. Uh, that was massive, that, that song. still is. It's been seven nights since we've been Anyway. Um, 36, Game of Pricks by Guided by Voices. Game of Pricks? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Guided by Voices. Never heard that. Nope. No idea. It's very American, this. Yep. Uh, 35, They Reminisce Over You, Pete Rock and C.L. Smooth. No. Love the name, though. Yep. 34, Regret by New Order. Okay, yep, 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 good song. 33, The Rain Super Duper Fly by Missy Elliott. Okay, what do you think about Missy Elliott? I love Missy Elliott. Yeah? I think she's wicked. Okay. She's, I mean, hit and miss with the tracks, okay. but I think, yeah, I think she's... Alright, cool. Overall, good. Okay. Um, 32, I See Darkness by Bonnie Prince Billy. Wait, what? Yeah. Bonnie Prince? Well, Prince... Um, inverted. What? <laughs> Doing inverted commas doesn't uh, work in a podcast. Uh, uh, Billy. Um, 31, Born Slippy Underworld. 31. Mm. Yeah, okay. Okay, all right. And then 30, Race for the Prize, The Flaming Lips. Do you yeah. like The Flaming Lips? Never really listened to them. No. Yeah, I quite like them. Okay, all right. Like, yeah. not enough for them to be the be- 30th best track in the 90s. So am I right? There was no Britpop songs in there at no. all? No. Underworld were in there from, but that was it. Wasn't and that's it? basically it. Okay. Um, oh yeah, New Order as well, right? Okay. But there's hardly any Britpop here, unless we get closer. Did we only have Live Forever last week? Yeah. Yeah, that was it. Number fifty. Right? Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, homework. Oh, I'm excited. Good week for homework. Great right? week for homework. Why is it not always been like this? All right. So before I get into this, I have a bit of a game. Right. You've got a game. I've got a game. I have the list of of albums that we've covered 
reviewed from sort of Britpop acts that have released new albums in the last couple of years. Plus, I have the list of albums that we're about to cover from new artists. If you want that list, send me a tweet, send me a, uh, an email uh, with your email address. I will send it to you. Can you just give me it? What do you mean? That was a joke. Okay, cool. Funny. Uh, and then what I'll do is email you that and you can go through and review some of the albums that we've done and find out if you're Team Kev or Team Les. Oh, that's ridiculous, Kev. You're setting yourself up. What do you mean? I no, 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 no. Setting yourself up. No, I reckon there's more people that are going to go, Les is, is way too harsh. No, they won't. No. Okay. So if you want, I will email you all the albums that we've done, all the albums that we're about to cover... And you give us your scores and tell us who you're sort of closest to. It's not you. You wait. Don't look at me like that. You reckon? Yeah. Really? You've really set yourself up here. I always do that, don't I? You really have. <laughs> you don't help yourself, do you? No, I don't. Oh, I was... well, good. Let's go. Right. Okay. So, which one do you want to cover first? We had Moonlight Parade. Yes. And Pete McLeod. Moonlight Parade. Look how excited you are. I'm very are. excited. Okay, go. Talk so, to me about this. First part. of all, I would just like to say thank you to you for <coughs> for introducing me to this band. Oh, okay, that's nice. So, because I had never heard of them. Okay. And I probably might, they might never have come onto my radar. Yep. Um, and I absolutely love this album. Wow. To the point where I have put some money towards getting a vinyl. Um, Copyright album, yeah. Yep. So they haven't done that yet. Okay. But then they will send that to me. So we've had a bit of uh, social media interaction, <laughs> um, and that's been really exciting. Um, so it's not just that. It's actually so. It's like there's only fifty pressings of this album, right? Yeah. And you get it personalised. Yeah. And so Les at Britpop Banter. Is that what you've put on there? Yeah. Not Les and Kevin. No. Did you give me any money? Do you even like this album? We'll get into that. Okay, good. All right, so, so, talk, so can we talk about who they are first of all, right? So yes. the three friends from Worthing in East Sussex, they're at band underscore parade. I want to ask you what they sound like. Okay, good. Because <laughs> so, I, I actually really struggled with this question. Okay, so I've actually put here in my notes that I think the reason that I really enjoy the album, why I've loved it, is they remind me of a... They remind me of... The time where I was like listening to Britpop and that type of music, I find it takes me back. Okay. It's weird. It's not like it's a new band. Well, they are obviously a new band, but I mean, it's music that evokes memories for me. So it's not as if it's like, oh, oh. this is brand new and it sounds different. Okay. They do. They have their own sound, but it sounds very much, um, I think, like probably that indie music of the early 2000s. Not pure Britpop, mm-hmm. but when we were starting to get more towards... You're sort of like Star Sailor Elbow okay. editors, that type of okay. yeah. sound. Yep. They are very. They don't sound exactly like either of those. No. But it's that. That's what it I reminds what me of. So I when know. we were getting out of the nineties and it was in that early two thousands, the new breed of indie music started to come through. Yep. And that's I think what it reminds me of. Those types of bands. Okay. I find that they sound. There's a, there's a sort of breed of Australian indie acts. Um, like like Safia, for example, I think they sound very similar to those guys. Um, I, I yeah. Oh, look, talk to so the album is out of nothing. Yeah. Right. What did you think of the album? Loved it. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. You are so happy, right? So now. I am. So standout tracks, catch our breath, first track. Great love track. it. Great really way good track. The album. Yep. Yep. Um, sometimes, um, one of a kind. Yep. Um, this is what it feels like. 
Um, Low Sun is my favourite by an absolute country mile. Okay, wow. Okay. Absolutely brilliant song. Okay. Play that over and over. Um, I don't really think there's a track on... They're my standouts, but there's not really a track I don't like. Okay. Um, it's been on... Like, it's been on repeat. So... What'd you give it? I gave it 8 out of 10. Whoa. Okay. Uh, so let me put this in perspective for you. So your favourite album's 2 to 8. Star Sailor. Yep. And Echo Bella 8.5. Yeah. You're giving this an 8. Yeah. And that's why it's got an 8. That 0.5 makes that, just a little bit of difference. Wow. Um, I just... Like, I feel like they're obviously... Um, you know... Kind of... Like, they're starting... They're starting out like I read a bit that they've been like they've been a band before. They've got back together. It's yeah, been years that, later. Yeah. They're trying to get their their um, I guess like a a leg up there. So I honestly I really want people to go out and listen to this album. Mm-hmm. Um, it's catchy. I think it's I love his voice. Mm-hmm. It's actually really great lyrics. The album. There is nothing offensive on that album. You can play it start to finish, and you don't feel it as a track you've got to skip. And I've got to be honest, from some of the albums that we've been reviewing recently, that was an absolute joy. <laughs> because the skip track button on the steering wheel of my car is about to be worn down. <laughs> so, <laughs> whereas with this album, I honestly um, enjoyed it. It does sound like it does sound like a band's first album. Okay. Because I think, in terms of that, you know, production piece. It does sound like it. It's certainly not... doesn't sound as well produced as a... I don't know, as a Star Sailor album or as a... It's interesting you brought that point up. Yeah, okay. But that's okay because I love its rawness because you know what it reminds me of? Think about when we got... Think of Hurricane Number One's first album. Yes. Raw doesn't yep. sound that great produced. Yeah, yep. When you think of all the bands that we loved from that sort of Britpop era, when you listen to their first album, mm-hmm. it doesn't sound well produced. Mm-hmm. And where we've been listening to Ride and we'll probably talk about them later their first album too you're like oh mm-hmm. it's just that first album and that sort of production piece but that's why I kind of like it because it's reminiscent of I guess when we used to listen to all these bands coming through mm-hmm. it was literally just bands writing songs recording them they weren't in studios and they weren't getting them remixed and it wasn't like this manufactured type music this is raw by huge companies at 100% the same time. Yeah. this is raw right this is like a band who love music, who want to write tracks, who've taken the time to do it, who are active on social media, they've put, they want to get the vinyl pressed. That this album to me sums up why I love music because it's just about people who have talent. They've got something to say and they want to do it. Wow! And I just think, is it the best album in the world? No, but is it one that you could listen to and you wouldn't be offended? Absolutely. And mm. we, should we be supporting more artists like this? Mm. In a world of manufactured pop crap, a hundred percent. Agree. Yeah, and look, they're um, vinyl pressing. That's I'm pumped for that. That's pumped. Like that's awesome. Can't so wait I for like that. the album. Um, I'm gonna go out and get the vinyl copy and then pers- genius. So genius marketing. Um, and I wish them all the best and good <coughs> luck, boys. I really hope it, it goes well. Okay. Do you want my thoughts? Yeah. Alright, so I really like this album as well. In fact, this this week was just a, a really solid week for, for homework. For me, you talked about the Catch Our Breath, Sometimes, One of a Kind, Out of Nothing, Taken Flight, all really good songs. Couple of songs, mm, this is what it feels like to me, and something's happening. 
You talked about a little bit about the production. I thought, look, I'm not, a, I'm not a producer, and I'm not a music, as you would say, what, a fashionado. A fashionado. <laughs> um, to me, sometimes I think you, the production, the the drums, to me, are a little bit loud on certain tracks. But I, I don't know if that's that's just my take on it. I really enjoyed this. Um, one thing I also want to call out, there is, they do a song called Mirrorball. Mm-hmm. There is a fantastic remix yes. of it by someone called Space Kid. I've bought it, right? I liked it that much. I just went, I'll have wow. it. And I just went, thanks. Done, bought, done. You're so, throwing money about left, right and centre at the moment. Oh, What's the matter with you? Oh, yeah, <laughs> just because I buy some stuff. <laughs> but that just goes to show, like, I like a song. Contact the band. Where do I find this? How do I, I want it? They get quickly back in touch with me and I've got it. Like, that's that's yeah. fantastic. So for me, I really like this album. I put it on the same um, sort of pillar as my ratings for Sleeper, Cast and the Manix, which is 7 out of 10. Oh. So you, I, I'm a 7, you're an 8. We both really like this album. Solid album. Go out and listen to Moonlight Parade. Absolutely. All right. Pete McLeod. Yes. Uh, Pete McLeod, he's a singer from Glasgow. This is his third album. He's at Pete McLeod on Twitter. Um, this one is Walk to the Light. What does he sound like, Les? Well, I sort of went a little bit cast, a little bit Paul Weller sometimes. I don't get the cast thing. You don't get the cast? I find no. some of the guitar work similar to cast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what did you think? I, look, enjoyed it in parts. So okay. I enjoy the album from track three onwards. Okay, yeah, okay. Take the first two tracks out, just, uh, just get rid of them. I know and why. And then yeah, the... Okay. But from track three onwards, I do. So, um, Making a Start, great song. Walking to the Light, which is the title track, beautiful song. Great song. Alone, stunning. Stunning. Um, Lost and Found. Um, Lost and Found's a great song. Yeah, I'm Not Ready to Let You Go. Yep, that's excellent. Great song. Um, bad Songs, well, the first track. I like the first track. Nah. I do, I like that. California, whatever. Okay, California Sun, let's talk about that. So, I knew... It starts off very cheesy, but then I actually really like how it ends. Do you? Yeah, I get into it by I the end, and it brings some nice um, strings into the song, and I actually find myself singing along to it. So, um, what can I ask you? What Goodbye, th- woman. I can't stand it. Oh, really? You really don't like a song on the album? Okay. Yeah, goodbye, woman. It's just even the title, like the word woman. Okay. What did you think of the last track with Andy Bell? Oh, I don't like it. <laughs> I like them. Why? Because what is it? I so the last song. How how do you pronounce it? I've got no idea. Soy daddy, so dad, so daddy. S a u d a d e, so daddy, so daddy, so daddy. Anyway, it's I actually really enjoy this song, and to me, it feels like a final hurrah to an album, but it doesn't give me the drums. To sort of, it does this whole build up, slowly drifts away, builds up, drifts away. And for me, it doesn't reach that crescendo, which I'm really looking for from that last song. It doesn't song. reach a what, sorry? Crescendo. <laughs> yeah, I suppose that's the first time I've used that in this podcast. <laughs> that's not there with a fashion <laughs> Crescendo and fashion Um I, okay, I like this better than Moonlight Parade. No, no way. I did. Nah. I listened to this album more than Moonlight Parade. Okay, good. So, for me, Pete McLeod gets a 7.5 out of 10. And today, Kevin, Pete McLeod gets a 6.5 out of 10. Okay. Now, for anyone that's not listened before, 6.5 six is your default 
Average rating. No, no, six. Six is. So this is better than average. Yeah, it is, absolutely. I, I mean, the, the reason, like, so the reason I give that, I enjoyed the album. This is not a bad album by any stretch, so I don't want anybody to think that. No, it's a good you album. You know what I'm like with my ratings. I know, I was, tough. Look, I was toying with a seven. Mm. Right, I really was toying with a seven, but I think about the albums that I've given a seven. I don't know if it's up there. And there are more, like, this is a weird, like, Walk to the Light and Alone, absolutely great songs, and I will go back to okay. often. Okay. So we'll make in a start, lost and found, and I really love his voice. Yeah, he's got a great voice. And I look so I, so I will listen to the album again. Good. But there are songs on it that I can't stand. Okay. So it's not even okay. like it's. I feel like it's polarizing. Okay. If that's the case, then yeah, I understand. And that's your why. So there's like three song, four song. Well, three songs I'll never listen to, and then the last track I'm like, hmm. Yeah. Okay. So that's why. I think that's a fair rating then. But, I, I'm but the he's off- very talented. And then I had a flip through his. Previous album? Yep. He's a great songwriter. And I think he's probably underrated. Okay, I love I, the agree. fact he's Scottish. Yep. And I, yeah, so Outlook, again, recommend anyone goes out and listens to him. This is an enjoyable album. Um, but for me, there are just a couple of tracks. Too many tracks. Yeah, and it, yeah. But- All right. So go out. This, this actually, like we said, a really enjoyable week for, for listening for us. So. We'd love everyone's opinions and, and feedback in terms of what they thought. We actually I th- recommend listening to both of these. 100%. All right. Well, thank you, Kevin, for giving that, those um Are you ready for next week? Bands. What's, what, there's actually some really good bands that we're about to go through. Can I just say something? Um, uh, so no. I was talking about this the other day. Um, what I'm loving about the fact... Well, I love the fact we do this podcast in the first place. Okay. And yes, we get to listen to the ba- albums and bands that we know and love. Yes. So that's a joy to get to yes. talk about them. Yes. The fact now that we're starting to uncover these new bands, which I love, yeah, okay. has genuinely given me a spring in my step about my love for music. Oh, again. that's gorgeous. That's I mean, awesome. Absolutely. Thinking about going to like, the record fair, I keep looking for what's next. I keep looking for new music. Listening to it's exciting. Talking to new bands as well. Talking like, to new actually bands. Actually talking to them. Um, being able to have a platform to actually talk about them. Yeah. I, honestly, I feel like my love for music was already high, but it's like... Oh, that's great. I'm oh. absolutely loving this process, and I love the fact we're talking about these new bands. Brilliant. I am too, actually. Like, it's brilliant. So... We, yeah. Um, we've got more good ones. All right. So next week... Mm-hmm. This is one of your favourites yep. that you've put me on to, which is Slow Readers Club. Yeah, Build a Tower. Build a Tower is the album. Oh, what an album. You've, yeah, I've no idea who these guys are. You, you've said we need to put them on the list. They are up there. We're going to do that. And the second person, we're going to listen to Cal Faulkner. Yay! Who's, the, who's previously the lead singer of The View and his album No Thank You. Now, we're going to see Cal Faulkner. Mm. When are we going to see him? A couple of months? Uh, July. July. So I'm excited for next week. Actually, so some more good listening. Hopefully, yeah. This is why it's exciting. Speaking of good Instead listening, they're not giving me baby bird and all sorts of nonsense. Oh, no, I didn't listen to, to any it. more. You were on a nice. No, I know, but what I mean is, this is more of a. I'm pumped now. You are pumped, actually. All right. Speaking of pumped, guilty pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> Let's cue the jingle. Alright, Les, this was Matt's Guilty Pleasure, and I was I was actually really happy to get this. Um, so it was Five's debut self-titled album. 
What did you... Well, first of all, let's talk about Five for a second. Okay. Did you know that Russell Brand auditioned for Five? No. Yeah. What was he thinking? Made it to the last 14. That's how close Russell Brand got to being in a boy band. Can I just stop you there? (laughs) So, that sentence alone is why... Bands like Moonlight Parade and people like Pete McLeod, that's why we should be paying our money for music like that and listening to them. Yeah. The fact you audition to be in a band where you get given the songs you will sing. That's a good point. That whole process is pants. Well, this is the end of the 90s where very much it's the idols, the pop stars, Awful. boy bands, girl bands, all that. Like problems. that, yeah, no. All right, so... Don't you know some of the singers from Five? Or you had a story about one of the singers? Yeah, because he was working in Small Bar in Crow's Nest. <laughs> <laughs> so Crow's Nest is a suburb of Sydney. Where yeah. is some Small Bar? Yeah, on the main strip. Okay. That's so, what? Um, oh no, Who was, was it? Small Bar or was it? Richie. I'm sure it was. <laughs> um, hey Richie, can I get a... Slam dunk. Skinner and Roo, please. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, um, so let's talk about this album... Oh God! So the good. So you you got confused. You thought this band was blue. I did last week. Well, they're all the same. So five are famous for the song "When the Lights Go Out." So baby, when the, the lights, lights go, go out, out. <laughs> love and tenderness. All right, uh, that is probably the only decent song in the album. Hundred percent. Am I right? Absolutely right. Look, the first two songs you got slam dunk the funk. Awful. I don't. Mind that, and then you got when the lights go out, and then you got 15, 15 more tracks, and then I was like, "Oh, this is rough going. This is this is heavy going." And did you get to the song called "Shake"? Yeah. Oh boy, what is that song? Don't know. So anyway, rough, rough. It was, I just it, no, not no. What did you give it, Lil? One out of ten. I gave it two. I think that's fair. I gave it one out of ten just for the when, baby when the lights go out. I went because I gave Slam Dunk one as well. So I went two out of ten. But it is. Thank you, Matt, for sending that through. But no, 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 nah. no. Thank you. All right. Okay. So it's your turn, isn't it? Yeah. I'm not happy about this. Why? I don't know. I reckon. I actually you... think you might be. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Go on then. So when I was thinking, I was giving this some thought, and I thought, look, we could do guilty pleasures, and we could just give give each other like really pants albums. But then I thought the whole purpose was it's about albums that you genuinely did love. Um, and I loved this album. Loved it. And I actually don't think you'll mind it. Okay. The album is One Touch by The Sugar Babes. Oh, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, you bet. Yeah, so it's the debut album by The Sugar Babes. Oh. Got released just at the beginning of the year 2000. And Snaps to that. I loved that you album. You loved The Sugar Reminds Babes. Reminds me of uni. Tons of memories. Um, oh, let's do that. Overload. Train comes, I don't know its destination. <laughs> Great. And it's the original lineup as well because yeah. they swapped so A million times. much. Um, I'm happy. I'm really happy about that. I did say that about five at the same point though. So this, I think this is. You used to hammer this out. Love it. All right, and it is a guilty pleasure, the it, Sugar Babes. I haven't listened to and them. And I'll tell you a few stories about them when we do review it next week. Oh, really? Yep. Oh, I'm excited. Ooh. I'm really pumped about that then. Um, all right, Britpop One Liners, cue the jingle. Britpop One Liners. 
a bit of junk no, it'll be funny. No, it's me to ask you. Woo! You ready? Woo! Why am I holding my pen like a microphone? In the, I've already got a microphone. Ready when you want to sing. You use it as a prop. Yeah. Alright, I'm warming up now. I've had my cup of tea. I'm alright. Good. Okay, so let's go. Let's start with who we bought tickets to go and yes, see so this week. Their first tour in uh, Australia for 25 years, Ride. Ride. So I'm actually excited to see them. Okay. Um, These were not on your radar at all, at all. And you've no, just. I liked a few songs and I knew who they were. I kind of listened to them, but not really a lot. Right. So since we got the tickets, I've listened to them a lot. Um. A One lot liner. more this week. One liner. And I'm trying to think what it would be. Um, oh, it's a tough one. I just think they're really... Like, I think they're a really talented guitar band. I just think the guitars are prominent for me. And it's not often. Too like, prominent for you? No, like, so prominent. As in, like, I love it. Because oh, okay. it's, like, just brilliant guitar work. That's really all you listen to. Sometimes I find I don't really even hear the singing. Oh. It's weird. Okay. Anyway, um, for me... Really glad they've been put back on my radar. Okay. Some great songs. Um, probably going to get slammed to say that I don't think their first album is their best. Okay. Um, but excited to go and see them. Okay. Because they're going to be a great live band. And you can tell. Because if I think that about their music in their album, mm-hmm. live they're going to be brilliant. Okay. Because you know it's not manufactured. That's going to be guitars, riffs, the whole thing. I'm, ex- I'm excited. Yeah. I, they're a band I don't know that much about, to be honest. And I know some people have been sort of saying to us that we need to delve more into them and listen to more of Ride. So I'm I'm genuinely really excited. All right, number two, let's go the auteurs. The auteurs. I think it was like episode two. I gave like literally two words about them. The auteurs don't understand the hype. Okay. Is that it? I'll get slammed for that, but I really don't. Okay. Don't enjoy them. You know what? It's about time you got some feedback for something. We've been through why I don't get that. I oh, know. Don't sit in the fence. I didn't kid. get any. I didn't get any for spiritualized. Not one person. Well, because everyone agrees with you. It's awful. Brilliant. I was really happy about that. Uh, let's go. Who else have I got? Give you an easy one. The Manic Street Preachers. Oh. Um. One of the best bands to come out of the UK. That's a big call. Um. In my eyes, without doubt. Lovely, good stuff. You ready for this week's album? I did them in one-liners. Yeah, I, I've been. I'm trying to condense the one-liners. It's me that needs to do it, not you so yeah. much. This week's album, Placebo. Pumped, so pumped. Are you pumped? Yeah. Okay. You I reckon re- I listened to this album twenty times this week. Really? No lies. Wow. All right. The album cover is uh, a little boy wearing a big red sort of jumper that is way too big for him, uh, pulling down his eyes. The album cover... Reminds me of you at school. Brilliant. Oh, because of the hair? Or just... Yeah, just in general. Just in general. It's a boy. Yeah. Brilliant. But it um, dies, big jumper. Same thing. Same thing. Yeah. So the album cover is David Fox, right? Mm. Did you read about him? No. Okay, so David Fox, he was 12 at the time of this photo. There are articles in 2012 saying that he was about to sue Placebo for damages. Oh. Yeah. Due to being bullied at school, causing him to leave school early... It was his cousin who came and took the photo. He was a professional photographer and didn't tell him he was going to use it. Then he started seeing it absolutely everywhere. That got out at school, so on and so forth. So That's a bit brutal. There's quite a few articles about how he left school early and what's happened since then and and his his sort of troubles. And 
there's a lot of there's, it's a lot of articles around the fact that he's about to sue Placebo, who obviously goes, look, there's nothing to do with us, right? But then there's nothing to say if there was an actual court case or a settlement or any sort of action. So I don't know if it was just someone went, mm, you don't actually have a case here. Why would it be Placebo and not the photographer? Well, it, that's it. maybe that's why it never yeah, right. came out in court. Um so the album uh, was released on the 17th of July 1996 We were 16 Lil yep. uh, This is their first album What followed it was Without You I'm Nothing Which got to number 7 The label is Hut Which is a subsidiary of Virgin They had David Gray, McCallman and Butler Smashing Pumpkins and Gomez It was recorded at Westland Studios The producer, Brad Wood He's a new name, we haven't talked about him before Lots of bands we don't know because it's mainly American. Names I recognise, Ben Lee, Veruca Salt, The Bangles. <laughs> Just another manic Monday, oh, oh, I wish it was Sunday, oh, oh, cause that's my fun day, oh, but I don't have to run day, it's just another manic Monday, oh, <laughs> That has to be your third happy song, surely. It cannot make you that happy. That was brilliant. Oh, where did uh, that come from? Well, that coffee you just nailed. <laughs> um, he produced Adapt or Die 10 years of remixes for everything oh, but the girl. That's an amazing album. It's an amazing album. Uh, it's 10 tracks, it's 60 minutes. It does have a secret track. It does. Which we will talk about. Yes, we will. How did it do in the charts, Lil? Got to number five the second time around. So there's a couple of... Re- it got released, went into the charts, flew out the charts, and then came back in. So we'll talk about that a bit later yeah. on. Uh, you want to get into the charts, Lil? Yeah. <laughs> so the album actually debuted at number 40. It was in the chart for two weeks, and then it disappeared until 1997. This is the week commencing the 5th of February, 1997. Okay. Okay. Albums. Yep. You'll like these. Number 10, Tragic Kingdom by No Doubt. Yeah, good. You want to sing anything off that? Don't speak, I know just what you're saying. I'm pleased to be explaining. Don't tell me because it hurts. Beautiful. I can't sing because I'm crook, but very well done. And that is why you're holding the pen as well, because it is getting some use today. Uh, Number 9, not going to sing this, Lighthouse Ocean Drive. No. Skip it. Skip uh, it. Rubbish. Number eight, coming up by Suede. Oh. I got ripped a bit on this, my Suede comment last week. Oh, well. Uh, number seven, beautiful South Blue is the colour. I wanted to get your quick thoughts. So, um, you remember the game Top Trumps? No. Ah, wait. As a kid, Top Trumps, they're all like, you get like Doctor Who ones or this. You get different kinds and it's all about... Well, I pick this is he's got forty and you've got thirty eight and there you give me your no card. No idea what you're talking about. You don't know what Top Trumps is. There were cars, motorbikes, everything in the world. Top Trumps. You sit, oh my god. Anyway, Britpop top top Britpop top Trumps. There you go. Um, they're now on the second deck of cards. So it's basically where um, you have all the Britpop bands on cards. And it has different stats for each of the bands. Mm-hmm. And you sort of fight against the other person, against best lead singer. Okay, well, mine's better than yours. Give me your card, etc. So the second pack just came out. And so the first one is very much every single band we are covering. But the Beautiful South is in the second pack of those cards. 
What do you think about the Beautiful South being considered a Britpop band? No. Brilliant insight. Anything else? Uh, well, well, this is right, so... <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> do you know what really bothers me? And, it, and probably more than ever before. And I feel more comfortable about it now because of the way that we've positioned this podcast. This what is Britpop and what's not Britpop. You can't just pick and choose. You've got to either toe the line because we got absolutely slammed. We the did. album we're about to talk about today is in Britpop. So why on earth would Beautiful South be? I need a little time to think it over. Right, why is that Britpop? But um, placebo isn't. Why are they Britpop, but Radiohead isn't? Like, yeah. I, and so it's like, so... It's a very loose I don't term. have the answers, right? No. And And what, about what is... But I can't... Don't just pick and choose. And what I think happens is that there is a group of people who love these bands, such as the Beautiful South and all these bands, and then they want to label it into Britpop. But then the more, I guess, like, Radiohead and Placebo... They're not classed as Britpop. So I don't know where you draw the line. I understand the core ones, right? I get it. I get the suedes. I get the pulps. I get the whole thing. I understand Ride. I get. I even get the auteurs. I understand it all. Fine. Because it's got a sim- similar sound. How on God's earth <laughs> does the beautiful South sound anything like that? Yeah. Like, I just don't... I mean, it's nonsense. So, I... And it makes me go, like, well, I, I just can't, because then I just never, I, I think I've got a handle on it. I go, I get it now. I get the whole Britpop thing. I understand why people didn't like her initial list. I'm okay with that. And then, now I'm like, oh, the beautiful South. No. Finished? Yeah. Brilliant. We don't, we don't, so, so for anyone, we don't practice this at all. We just jump in. And there's, I know Les, Les so well that I'll throw something out and she'll be like, nah. Don't want to talk about it. And then if you just just poke a little bit more, boom, boom time. She goes off on one. Right, number six, <laughs> Earthling by David Bowie. Yep. Okay. Five, Placebo's debut album. Number four, Spice by the Spice Girls. <laughs> is that their second album or is that the first? I don't know. No, it must be the first, right? Number three, Glow by Reef. That's a joke. Away. We loved that album, didn't we? Don't don't start me off. (laughs) Do not start me off. I'm still getting people coming at me for Reef. And so you should. Uh, Number two, Evita, the soundtrack. Number one, White on Blonde by Texas. Yay! Oh, there we go. Oh, they're not Britpop. Let's start the whole Texas rant again. Because I've got to be honest with you. Tell me Beautiful South Texas. Yeah. Please explain. I totally understand. And I'm not saying that because I'm trying to be inflammatory. I genuinely want people to come in and, like, tell me. Educate me why. Because I just don't know. I'm yeah. not, like I said, I'm not an expert. So if you can explain to me why that is, then that's great. Okay. Thoughts on musicals? Because there's a lot of musical soundtracks that pop up, like Evita and like... Now we've talked about, you don't like musicals. Oh, they're the worst. Because your thing is, why are you singing at me? Why are you not talking at me? Absolutely right. Well, that's the point of a musical, isn't it? But you like them? Do I like musicals? Mm, depends what the musical is. I don't like your more... Your Evitas, not for me. Um, your Phantom of the Opera, that sort of stuff. I'm not really into that stuff. 
um, the more sort of lighter, funner. What about the Book of Mormon? I love that. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> Oh, that's different. Uh, do you know what? Can I, let's, oh, God. If anyone hasn't seen it, I, I do recommend you go and see it. It came to Australia, and it's really expensive. Uh, it was so, so expensive. And because of the wait to see it, I had it hyped up in my mind. And I remember when the first act ended, I went, I just don't think this is that good. And then the second act started, and I really got into it. But I think for for something like that, that you very much need to be as close to the stage as you can to really get into the characters. So yeah, we were, yeah, we were quite far. Did you enjoy it? Loved it. Yeah, thought it was hilarious. I mean, you've got to really listen. Yeah, because because the whole point of it is the lyrics, right? So and they're offensive. So, and they're so yeah, well, so offensive. Depends what you find offensive. Um, <laughs> but um, I, the other musical I went to see, I went on a hen's night. Oh. To London. I'll tell you who is after this. Okay. Um, <laughs> to see The Lion King. Oh. oh and I. No. <laughs> Do you not like The Lion King? I don't want anyone singing at me and I don't want dancing things. So I sat in the West End of London thinking this is a great experience. Were you on the aisle? I fell asleep. Oh, way. Had you had a few beers beforehand? And a couple of drinks beforehand. There you go. And then there's like things dancing up and down. What are they doing? I just want to sit at peace. And oh. Like, I just can't do it. I, I really like The Lion King. I love it. Have you it. been to see it? Yeah, but, oh, it was, oh, 10, 15 years ago. It was ages ago, but it was brilliant. Um, I Great show. Can I just say, on, on the, the phone, you fall asleep after a couple of beers like that. And you, nah. give, you give me for being a, a toucan Dan, you stick you on the couch after a couple of beers, you are gone. Not a couple. We're talking about... Like... So, the last week, we uh, the, not the record, the one before that, went out, a few drinks, come home... What'd you put on the telly? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> the office. You put the office on. Oh, training day. Great training day. You're like, I, I love this episode. Kev, we need to watch this. I reckon you lasted five minutes yeah. before you started to snore. I think that's hard because when you've had a really big week at work and it's 11pm on a Friday, like, you can't blame anyone. But The Lion King, no. <laughs> falling asleep in a musical. Oh. Where were we? Singles. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, jeez. We're going um, off on one, aren't we? So we talked about Texas. Yep. Okay. So number ten, Novaken for the Soul by the Eels. Great song. We have Novocaine. not talked about the Eels. For the well, they're not British. I know that, but they were bound to come up sooner or later, yeah. right? The, that album. Did you have that poster? Yep, I had the poster um, on the wall, and I had the out. I really enjoyed that album. Mm. I've listened to it for ages. Fantastic band mm. and album. Number nine, She Makes My Nose Bleed by Manson. Oh. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant song. Um, Sing it. Nope. Okay. Uh, no, because my voice is all crap. Oh. Um, number eight, you have to sing this. It's Blue Boy, Remember Me. Remember me. Bum, 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 I'm the one who had you be, bear child. <laughs> <laughs> what a song. Number seven, a band that you just don't seem to know anything about. Apollo 440 ain't talking about dub. Oh, it's a good yeah. song. Number six, don't oh, don't let go by in vogue. I love this song so much. <laughs> go on. What's it gonna be? Cause I can't pretend. Don't you wanna be more than friends? Hold me tight and don't let go. Don't let go. Have the right. All right. To Jesus <laughs> Christ. Um. Someone sent a message to us saying that you had a wonderful voice. Did they? On par with Mariah Carey. 
No, they didn't. I swear. Why you, have I, I seen it? Why I, do you hide these? Because I'm not sending you that. No chance. That's gone. Oh, who was it? I'm not advocating that. I'll tell you that. I'll, t- I'll tell you after this podcast, but listener, you know who you are. I think they were probably being um, ironic. No, it's, or a really, it's, a, it's a really nice, actually. I should share it with you, actually, because yeah, it is lovely. Why would you be so mean? And to be fair, things? you are a good singer. I do, you mm. know. Not had anyone, not one tweet saying that you're a horrible singer. They're not going one. to come now. You They're reckon? They're going to come. Nah, they, 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 the we love it when you sing. All right, number five, Ain't Nobody Be LL Cool J. That, I listened to that because remember we were talking about that is the actual sample that Ain't Nobody yeah. it is so yeah. it is what you think it is oh good so do you want to sing it Ain't Nobody loves me better than you <laughs> I don't think it goes like that <laughs> nah. number four Barrel of a Gun by Depeche Mode oh that's a great song it's a good song hard to sing though because he's always quite deep are you ready for this one number three Clementine by Mark Owen awful his, his not. Nah. I'm not singing that. Mm. It's off the Green Man album. It's a terrible album. Okay. Oh, I dare say that's going to get thrown at us soon. Uh, number two, Where Do You Go by No Mercy. <laughs> Where do you go, my lovely? If anyone ever called me their lovely, I'd punch them in the face. Okay. Good to know. <laughs> number one, Discotech by U2. Great song. That, to me... Right, here we go. So, <laughs> um... <laughs> Talking about you too. So I, I love all the you know Atom Baby, Joshua Tree, bloody blah, Unforgettable Fire. I've actually got that on vinyl. Oh wow. I think Pop by You Too is a very very underrated album. Can we snaps to that? Because I love that album too. Absolutely brilliant. Very different. I get it. I get and it. it. Probably alienated you two fans. I get that too. Totally. But. Great album. Great album. Great beats in that album as well. Like it's looking for the same, for the same, my soul. Little rhythm. You're on fire today. Yeah, I know. Wow. It's like coffee. But I tell you, you are right. That YouTube oh. pop album is brilliant. All right. You ready for placebo? I'm so excited. I've got so much to say. We're probably about four hours in, but that's fine. Uh, we're doing okay. We're doing, we always knew that this would be a long one. Always knew it. Um, all right. So placebo. They are from. Originally formed in London, England in 1994. They get their name from the Latin meaning I shall please. Okay, They are Brian Molko on vocals and guitar, Stephen Allstall on bass, and Robert Schutzberg on drums. I hope I said that right. He left in 1996 though before they went touring and was replaced by Steve Hewitt. Yes. Interestingly, Robert can play the didgeridoo. Oh, I've got... Don't ruin it. Oh, sorry. Uh, so he's, but he's Swedish. So the fact that they have didgeridoos outside of Australia is a bit unusual to me. But anyway, so that was obviously on a song I know, which I've probably thought. So you can cross oh, that. Oh, you just completely ruined this whole thing. <sighs> Are we going to tell? I had a whole section on this. A whole section? You've got four pages of paper on there. This was a whole section. Are on you that. serious? Have you got to throw that whole bit of paper? Oh, I'm so sorry. It's no, been... but I'm not because I actually want to talk about this. So what we'll do is we'll park what he said. I still want to touch upon the didgeridoo part, and when we talk about tracks, I will do my bit because this I think is funny. But you've actually just ruined the comedy value. So thank you. Can I get back to actually? Right. It's awkward. So the backgrounds are fascinating of the band. So Brian. Born in Brussels, his parents are British and American, and he went to the American International School of Luxembourg, which Stefan also went to. They weren't close friends, but they knew of each other. 
They both ended up in London. Brian got a degree in drama from Goldsmiths. And they met again randomly at a train station where Brian invited Stefan to a gig where he was playing. The two decided to form a band originally called... Not Placebo. (laughs) (laughs) I was setting you up there. Ashtray Heart. Yeah. Do you know that Brian lived in Dundee? Yes, I, uh, I read somewhere. Fascinating. I'm not sure he'd have fitted in there. I'm going to hazard a guess that Brian Malko would have stood out walking um, around the Wellgate Centre. <laughs> Just going to throw that out there. Good shopping at the Wellgate. Great. The Overgate now is better. You should see what they've done to that. Oh. So, Dundee, so we, we're from Perth. Dundee's about, what, half an hour? Yep. And, and, and so I used to go to Dundee every Saturday of my life. Yeah, so we've got one street in Perth, which, to be honest, isn't the best for shopping. You, we would go to Dundee for shopping. Do you remember the name of the record and CD store? Groucho's. It's Groucho's. Do you know if it's still there? Yes. Oh, God. The, so Groucho's was where we used to go and spend hours and buy Cassettes. tapes. Buy tapes, you know, and CDs. And um, we used to come out with bags full of bags stuff. Bags full, three pound tapes. So, so, oh, God. Um, all right, where am I? We're talking about Dundee. I wonder if he's a Dundee United fan. I... Shall I ask him? I'll tweet him. I'm a Dundee United fan. I just thought you've not said that before. I will. How are they doing? So they're in the playoffs. Oh, they made it to the playoffs? Yeah. Either against Ayr or Inverness. I'll find out in a week. Who do you want? You want Ayr, right? Oh, I don't know. Like, I think Ayr have been a bit more tricky than Inverness for us this season. So Ayr have a chance of getting to the Premier League. Yeah, they do. That is mental. Ross County won it. Yeah, they're If we have up. another season in the Championship, like, I, I don't know. If you it's have a good another... job I've got the Sydney Swans, but they're not doing well either. No. If there's another season of Dundee United not appearing in FIFA, I mean, it's heartbreaking. Every, every year you buy the new FIFA, Dundee <laughs> United aren't in there. <laughs> uh, but it's going to be tough because we have to play either Aaron Burnett's beat them and then the Premier League club. Yeah, who get relegated to? Who is it? So that might depend. It could be Dundee. Oh, that'd be fascinating. Oh, if we put Dundee That's a big night for me and you to watch that game. If That'll we be put like Dundee down. four o'clock in the morning. Boom. Great insight into Scottish football for all the listeners. Sorry about that. Um, all right, where was I? Um, okay, Ashtray Hart. Um, so the two decided to form a band. Steve Hewitt declined at the time. He joined when Robert left in 96. They originally released the song Come Home with Deceptive Records before signing to Hart for the album mm-hmm. release. I think this is to blame for the poor charting, is the fact that they signed up to the smaller record label and then the bigger one for all the bigger stuff. The big success came with Nancy Boy, obviously. The song had been written in 94, being inspired by an infamous quote by Suede's Brett Anderson. What's the quote? Don't know. Yeah, you do. You've said it before. I'm a bisexual man who's never had a homosexual experience. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. I said that the last time. You said that in the Suede episode. The song attracted the attention of David Bowie who invited the band to open several of his concerts in 96. In the following January, Bowie invited them to play his 50th birthday celebrations at New York's Madison Square Garden. Amazing. Isn't that mental? Yeah. Absolutely mental. Speaking to Kerrang! in June of 2009, so much oh. later. Go on. Thank you. God, you just take over. All my notes gone. Anyway, Moko said... Um, we wrote most of the album in a council flat in Deptford. Okay. The way we sounded and looked was a reaction against the place, to yep. be fair, no wonder. Um, yep. Surprised he didn't write it in Dundee. Um, but also a lot of our cross-dressing and trans 
Vestism was a political statement against the music scene at the time, which was very laddish and, laddish and macho, which yep. we've spoken about in terms we of did. pop culture. We did, yeah, you're right. Um, we wanted to stand up and be counted. There, no better way to do that by putting on a bunch of slap, wearing a skirt, and effing with people's heads. Mm-hmm. People hated us for it, and I adored that. When I look back at that album, I see naivety, missed opportunities, and mistakes. But you can't get your knickers in a twist about it. I mean, you can get your knickers in a twist about it, or you can just accept they're a part of you. I view Nancy Boy in a way I imagine Radiohead look at Creep. Mm. I just wish the song that propelled us into the limelight had been a little little bit better written. It's the lyrics that make me cringe, um, but it's they're me trying to find my feet. And he talks about that a few times. So I got a bit about where he talks about... Um, like Nancy Boy, and he's actually quite harsh on himself. Yes. So I found this, this leads on quite nicely. You go, you go. So I found this article um, by Vice on Vice.com. Oh no, you're stealing my thunder. Good. Uh, rank your records. Oh yeah. God, this so, page two gone. Um, And he ranked the albums from like eight down to one. And I wanted to talk to you about your opinions because I don't agree with a lot of it. So, so let me pause you for a second, mm. right? You're a bigger placebo fan than me, uh-huh. right? And I'm probably connected to the first two albums. Yeah. And then nothing else. Really? Yeah, I... You do... So let's let's talk about just very briefly... Okay. We were 16 when this album came out. What was it that, that sort of took you to the first album? Because I remember you hammering this album. I mean, you just fell hook, line and sinker into this album... And for me, it it just didn't hit home. Um, I found it very samey-samey. Especially, I did, I found Nancy Boy and Bruce Pristine to be... That's ridiculous. There are people out there who will agree with me, all right? So talk to me, what what was it with you? When you were 16, you were were madly into Oasis, obviously. So These these were very different to that. Why? I can tell you right now. I was listening to Radio 1 and they played Nancy Boy. Mm-hmm. And I went, that's a bit different. And then I kind of forgot about it. Okay. Then I went into the, whatever it was, Virgin or whatever it was, in the high street in Perth. Yeah. And I saw they had it. You know, you put the headphones on. And I yep. went, oh, that's the song that I heard on the radio. Yeah. So then I put that on and I skipped through the tracks and I liked it. And this is when I was really getting into music. So I was starting to buy things that, I don't know, like branching out, I guess. And mm-hmm. I bought that album and I took mm-hmm. it home. And I listened to it, yep. and there really isn't a track I don't like on that album. Okay. And then I loved it. And I don't know, I just really what was the reaction related like, to it. What was the reaction like around our, our school? Because I can't really remember placebo no, getting talked remember. about that much at school. Not really. Um, like, a few of our friends liked it. I, I, I feel I might have been one of the only ones to own it. I think so. And then I have... Got all of their albums. Yeah. Like, and I, I love Placebo. I just I, I just think they're a great band. So that's good. So that's before you start asking me my opinion on the top albums in ranking, I want to... Don't ask me. You tell I'll give me. you mine then. So okay. tell, me, tell me what Brian... Because I know what he rated. You tell me what Brian thought was how he ranked them yep. and then how do you compare to that? Absolutely. And that's what I'd done. Clever. What, what a team, right? This is hilarious. It's like we're... Uh, I was going to say psychopathic, but it's not. It's like <laughs> telepathic. Only telepathic. one of us is psychopathic. <laughs> Go on. 
Go. So he, he number eight, black market music. Yeah. Um, what do you think of that? Well, the funny thing is, he says it's the record that suffers the most from having a blanket sound. I kind of agree. So I would have that. It's not. Oh, you would. You yeah, would have it up there. It's as not well. one of my favourites. Okay, go. Number seven. He's got. He's got this album. This album. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because he said it's an underproduced record. But it's put us on the map. And he talks about it again being naive, just like what we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, but he also says this is the only record he feels would fall into that indie rock okay. um, genre. Okay. Um, and I, I agree with him because I don't... This is, I feel, like the only album. We spoke about talking about other albums in our chart, but this, for me, is the only one, really, that fits into the rest of the ones that we're going to talk about. Okay. Maybe Without You, I'm Nothing, because yeah. the rest are different. Yeah. yeah. He's got number six, Without You, I'm Nothing. Okay. Um, number five, Battle for the Sun. Yep. Um, and he says, this has got one of his favourite songs to play live, which is Speak in Tongues. Okay. Love that song. Okay. Love it. I can't, I can't... And I went to watch it live. There's a couple of videos of it live on YouTube, and I can see why. Um, then he's got number four, Sleeping with Ghosts. Um, and then he's got number three, Meds. And then he has Loud Like Love. And then interestingly, number one, he's got the MTV Unplugged album. Okay. And that is stunning. Is it? Stunning. And like you'd love it. <clears throat> so because you've got to imagine, it's all, so it's all, it's probably all the songs that you know, whether yeah. you know the albums in yeah. depth, and Unplugged. All of those MTV yeah, yeah. Unplugged albums are great, yeah. normally. Yeah. And it's really worth if I was to do it my way, I would have eight mm-hmm. black market music. Mm-hmm. Then I would have loud light love. Mm-hmm. Then I would have um, battle for the sun. Mm-hmm. Then I'd have sleeping with ghosts. Yeah. Then I would have meds. Then I'd have without you or nothing. And then I'd have placebo number one. Oh really? Okay. Wow. Yeah. Meds and without you I'm nothing. I'd third like, but um. And the MTV, I don't even put it in the chart because it's like it's not an album. It's an album, but it's not an album. Okay. Like it's not as if. Yeah, it, I know. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I don't really put that. But I would say, like, placebo without I'm nothing in meds, they're my. Okay, cool. What else have you got? Because I don't want to steal any of your thunder. What else have you got? Because what I'm going to do touch on now is after this album, the sort of run that they had. What else do I have? No, nothing really. Because, well, all the stuff I want to talk about is when we go through the tracks. Okay, perfect. So I'm all good. All right. Um, I just really wanted to talk about um, so listen what, what we, if, if you're listening to this and you're a big placebo fan can you please tweet us give us the countdown of what your yeah. ranking of the placebo albums are are you closer to Les or are you closer to Brian alright so after this album they switched to Virgin Records directly and released Without You I'm Nothing in 1998 number 7 the main track was recorded with David Bowie he any interview that Brian does David Bowie always comes up and he always always talks about how close he got to David and they actually didn't play Without um, without You I'm Nothing in their sets for a long time because it brought back the emotional side oh wow and now they actually have David Bowie appearing on the backdrop behind them as they play it and um, yeah Brian himself said he used to get really it took him a long time to get over the sight of seeing um, David and also singing the song before he could get to do it normally. So they um, released Black Market Music in 2000, went to number six. Sleeping with Ghosts, 2003, got to number 11. Meds, 2006, at number seven. In 2007, drummer Steve Hewitt left the band. That's mm-hmm. when Steve Forrest came in. 
Then two more albums, Battle for the Sun, 2009, got to number eight. Loud Like Love, 2013, got to number 13. Their, their albums are really consistently doing well, yeah. aren't they? They've, I think they've got a really solid fan base. Yeah. 2015, Steve Forrest left. He replaced by Matt Lunn from the band Colour of Fire. In 2007, they released The Best Of, A Place for Us to Dream. That's what almost tripped us up a couple of weeks ago, Lel, if you remember. Yeah. One thing to quickly talk about. They haven't toured since 2007. That's when their greatest hits came out. Um, this is what Brian said this, right? So Brian said this. Sometimes they haven't toured since when? 2017. Yeah. Right? Sometimes there are old songs you just can't connect with for a while. For us, walking on stage and performing a song you don't believe in just to make other people, other people happy, that's a mistruth. We don't want to be a mechanical act on stage. We need to form some type of connection, whether that's an emotional connection or a sonic connection. So I wanted to talk about this very, very quickly. Yeah. Right? Um, so he has been very vocal about the fact that he does not, not like playing stuff from this album because it was written so far between where they are now and they're different people and they've grown up and all this sort of stuff. What do you feel about bands that refuse to play their hits? Right, two things. So, <laughs> okay, so one. Go. From an artist's point of view, I understand it. So I think to you, like you think, I am at, like, I imagine writing a song is a very personal thing. Yeah. And if you had written an album, like when was this, 97? Yeah. Like 22 years, yeah. 96, like 23 years ago, you're going to go, yeah, probably change as a person. I doubt very much I'm the same as I was when I was 16. Mm, yeah. So, uh, yep, similar, <laughs> just a bit um, older looking, but, um, but I, so I get it, but then I go, and I understand it, and it could be tough, you don't know what the songs are written about, is it a period of your time that you weren't particularly happy, I mean he does talk, like for example the album Meds, he talks about it at a time when they were literally, okay, like in that stage, so I understand it from the artist's point of view, because it's, it's their music, it's their property, yeah. it's, it belongs to them. Yeah. Flip side, fans' perspective. Correct. You are the reason the band have been able to make... Ah, I see where you're going, yeah. Eight albums. Yes. Because without the fans, you're not making an income. True. So, there's two... In my head, I go, I get it, it's yours. But on the other, on the other the hand, the, the fans are kind of like your employers. Yeah, okay, I understand that. So, if my boss tells me to do something, <laughs> can I go to do it? <laughs> right, so... <laughs> but, and I know it's not that straightforward, but I go, I understand why fans want to hear the songs that they love, because fans, it's the, it's the reason that they buy your albums. Yeah. It's the reason that you're tuning in the first place. Yeah, okay, good point. And, you know, for those songs on that first album, and he talks about it a lot, it's what propelled them. So for most fans, like me, if I went to see Placebo, I don't expect them to play all of the songs. Mm. And I don't need them to play all the famous ones, but I would I would want to hear at least a couple from that album. Yeah, exactly. Um, because that's what I'm going for. Yeah, you want to. So, but if you went to a gig and you, they played like track, the most obscure tracks of all the albums, I'd be disappointed. Yeah, yeah. Happy that I've seen them, but disappointed because that's what fans want. So I, I understand it from their point of view. I'd rather they didn't tour oh. than play rubbish. Okay. Like, I'd rather they didn't. Because if they're not in the right headspace, then that's fine. But I don't want to pay 100 bucks plus yeah. for a ticket of hard-earned cash of mine yeah. to hear them play B-sides. Yeah, okay. 
Okay. No, I just wanted to get your take on it because. What do you think? Uh, I it's a bit weird now because oh, if I was if if I was a massive placebo fan, I want to hear those songs. Yeah. Right. I I want to I want you to take me back to where I was when I was sixteen and I first heard that song. Yeah. And we posted this week um, Nancy Boy live uh, from the Rockham Ring in 2016. And it goosebumps. I'm not even a placebo massive fan, but it gave me goosebumps. And I went, God, that is a great song live. And the crowd went berserk. And I've seen it live. It's amazing. Yeah. So, and we'll we'll get into that later. But so I think you need to play the hits, right? The one thing I really am loving is these tours with the anniversaries of albums. Love it. I mean, that is such a fantastic experience to go back and hear an album that you loved 20, 25 years ago and to hear the whole thing now. Plus a couple of little cheeky other numbers that you get. So I love that. I mean, Gomez is coming back with Liquid Skin now because they just did Bring It On, which we saw. So I think you got to suck it up, right? The The other interesting thing is, you know, I saw The Prodigy recently, right? And so I saw The Prodigy and The Orbital this year, right? And for me, The Prodigy, when they come out and I hear Firestarter or Smack My Bitch Up, it doesn't have the same effect now. For me, I'd rather hear their newer stuff. Where The Orbital got it right this year, I feel, is that they played the old stuff, but they completely remixed it or revised it, and it sounded better. Okay, throw this out there, though. Go You've seen The Prodigy more than once, numerous times. Uh, yes. Imagine it was your first time seeing The Prodigy oh. and you walked away with no smack my bitch up or Firestarter. How would you feel then? Gutted. Right, see? So, majority of people, it's their first time. There's yeah, not okay. a lot of people that go and see the same band numerous times. I must admit, it was a weird, it was a weird, at The Prodigy, and it was a beautiful thing because there was, there was mums and dads and sons and daughters. In, in the crowd, yeah. and I was just like, Imagine taking your son or daughter to a band like The Prodigy to go. This is this is who I love, and you both experience it. I just uh, there was quite a few families at The Prodigy. It was just bizarre, and I just thought it was fantastic. Um, all right, I got a couple more things to talk about, and then we'll get into some of the tracks. Yeah, yeah. there was another Vice interview. Did you see it? Yes, but you you may go. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, so Vice uh, touted this interview with Brian as, as we want to ask you some out there questions that you've probably not had before. So in this interview, Brian confessed that he used to wear sexy lingerie underneath his outfit because he felt that it was something that the crowd didn't know about. Uh, he, If he was born again, he would be a 22-year-old hippie living in San Fran in, in 1967. He said no to being a host on The X Factor in France. Good. One million euros. Good. Well done. Yeah, so, yeah, the money, for him, it was, I don't, it's not about the money for me. Um, no. He, did, he didn't believe in the X Factor, Pop Idol, that sort of stuff. Now, this one is seriously gross, right? When, <gasps> did you, did you read this one? Cute. When he was forced to do meet and greets that he didn't want to go, he would go pee on the end of his finger, not wash his hands, and then shake hands with everyone. That is disgusting. Did you ever shake his hand, though? No. Lucky. But he, the way he said it, and it got to me as well, he was he was very much a, I thought I would be passing my DNA on to the fans. And I'm like, no, mate, you just pissed on your finger and now I've got it on me. Like, it's that whole Justin Bieber spitting on people from balcony. Oh, it just annoys me. Um, anyway, I love this quote from Brian in uh, NME in 2018. 
and it's perfect for us. I'd rather we were considered a Marmite band than for us to be seen as inoffensive and easily forgettable. So I don't have a problem with generating love or disgust for our band. That's not an issue for me at all. Comparing yourself. What's your thoughts on Marmite? I hate it. I love Marmite. But I hate it. It's, it's, what about, it's like stale bread. It's stale beer on toast. Vegemite. What about Disgusting. that? Disgusting. If you had to choose between Vegemite and Marmite. Marmite. Why? Well, I don't know. It's got a bit, bit better it's taste. A bit, it's milder yeah. than the Vegemite. Vegemite is very harsh. I love Vegemite. Absolutely love it. Um, Alright, so Stephen... So they, so they haven't done anything since about the, the last tour of the Best Of. Stefan Osdell has gone into a new band. Please tell me you've listened to these guys. No. It is right up your alley. It's called Digital 212 with Stefan Osdell. Uh, their album is Inside from... Uh, their album is called Inside from 2017. Very dancey, very proggy. It's a bit like Bjork... Uh, it's got a female, female singer, sounds like the female singer from Lamb. And it's got really dark, Ooh. proggy. It's, it's oh, actually, I, like I, listened, I, I listened to it and I went, oh, Les would love this. Um, so yeah, it's actually, he's, do, he's doing good stuff. Um, shall we get into the videos and the singles? Yes. All right, let's get into it. So Come Home was the first released. Come Home. Number 86. Number what? 86 it got to. 17th February 1996, uh, the video, nothing special. Um, their videos get insane as we go on, yeah. right? So nothing special, the band just play in front of the camera. It's very American grunge, right? It's an odd choice for their first single. Yeah, well, I think that was around the whole label thing. Yeah, it's an odd choice. 36 Degrees, Les. Number 80. <laughs> <laughs> Released 15th of June 1996. Directed by Chris Cunningham. Do you know who this guy is? No. Okay, you know who Aphex Twin are? Of course. Have you seen their videos? Yes. He directed them. Oh, wow. So he directed Come to Daddy and Window Licker. Window If you have no idea what we're talking about, go and type into YouTube Aphex Twin. I think Window Licker is the worst one. Yes, it is. They are so weird. But Chris also did Bjork's All is Full of Love. I absolutely love that song. All is love. What about the video? Love. Yeah, I love all. I just love Bjork. So the video is where one robot creates another robot, yeah. and then they end up. It is a stunning, stunning video, and the comments on YouTube about how that song has affected people is just—it's very touching. He did Madonna's Frozen. <gasps> Great album. So this the video is brilliant. Brian is in a pond, um, pond stroke swamp swamp with his head above singing uh, then it swaps to them actually being underwater like they're all underwater playing their instruments um, that was actually filmed in a scuba diving pool um, and Brian talks about how insanely hard it was and uncomfortable to do the thing it, it looks really hard but it's it's beautiful video Teenage Angst got to number 30 on the 29th, 28th of September 1996 the video is a black cube in a field uh, placebo are all in there playing red uh, playing and singing intermixed with kids snogging fighting and shaving heads it's weird it Nancy Boy this is where it all changed for the band number 4 1st of Feb 97 directed by Howard Greenhalgh oh, I don't know if that's right Soundgarden's Black Hole Sun George Michael Jesus to a Child video less oof oofed and snaps rhythm as a dancer. <laughs> uh, oh 
very Marilyn Manson-esque. Lots of weird images, um, all sort of blurred and then these graphic images. Um, Steve Hewitt's face had to be blurred in the video because he was still under contract to the other band. Last video, Bruise Pristine, number 14, when uh, it came out 24th of May, 1997. The video is very raunchy. Like, the band playing spliced with images, much like Nancy Boy was. Sex, orgies, nudity, people in bondage gear, and all of them have bruises all over their body. It's a full-on video. Right, you ready to get into the tracks? Yes, please. Yes, please. So the album starts with Come Home. What do you think of Come Home, Liz? Come Home. I love it. Um, Moko called it pop punk for postponed suicides. Oh, God. Interesting. So then I thought, <laughs> a postponed suicide, does that mean it's about? It's still possible that it's going to happen? So then I listened to the song again with that in mind. Mm-hmm. And I go, hmm. It gave me a... Because I didn't, I didn't think about it that way. I've always thought about come home as like kind of a... When you listen to the words, more of a... Like come back to me type song or yes. like just be... Or be safe. It's but, not that. Yeah. Postpone suicides. Interestingly, he says that because it actually does come come through in the lyrics. So, I think it's a great start to the album. Great start to the album. The chorus, which you sing, are, are obviously <laughs> really good. Uh, second verse is excellent. The breakdown at the two and a half minute mark is decent too. The lyrics: glass and glass and petrol, vodka, gin. It feels like I'm breathing methane. Throw yourself from skin to skin, and still it doesn't dull the pain. Vanish like a lipstick trace. It always blows me away. It all. It also has this line. Every sky is blue, but not for me and you. Like, so when you... It's interesting. So I didn't know about the postponed suicide line. When you hear the lyrics now, it does actually tie to it that. It does, but I've always thought it was a bit more of a safety thing. Like, we've got to like come, like, to come home. Like, mm. I, well, no. I just always see things in too positive a manner. I really, <laughs> really like this song. We're definitely going to play it. So this is Come Home. After Come Home, Teenage Angst. Oh, so it's about, and it says it in the title, emotions that you feel as a teenager and Uh want to have everything kept to yourself and create your own world. That is interesting, right? And I know this is weird. (laughs) Here we go. No, this is weird. Because I remember, I don't know, it came into my head when I read what that quote was about that song. I do remember once when I was a teenager actually saying that comment to my mum feeling like I had like my life over here and then the one that you have to have with your mum and dad and I get and it's like it's just so true and I feel like there should be more about that like we teenagers teenage years are hard they are right and there is a lot of angst and it should be allowed to be that way whereas I feel like it's I feel like now it's like there's this absolute social media pressure. Mm-hmm. People sending you like, oh, the, I, I'm, like uh, I'm so glad we didn't have phones at school when we were. Imagine younger. you got your like the nonsense that we would get up to at school. Imagine that was on social media oh, forever. You, yeah. you would never. I'd never get. I'd never be employed. And then, <laughs> and then, like seriously. And then, but the pressure that you had on you when you think of it, you do something stupid at school. Say you snogged the wrong person at school. This school forgotten oh. about in two weeks. Imagine now, eh, forever. Yeah, true. Tweets, 
um, photos, videos. So I feel like we were growing up at a time where, yeah, there were songs like that, and that was as dark as it got. Yeah. Right? And not for everyone. I'm sure there were tons of teenage... Well, there were. We knew some who had a harder time. But now it's... I don't know. It's like this real image of what it should be like you got to have this right you got to look this way you got to have this great figure it's like Justin Bieber it's oh, pop the whole music Instagram. it's yeah. just full on yeah you are you're absolutely right you know and I'm just thinking about that and I'm like you know all we had to worry about was the class photos Big oh yeah well uh, and, you, and know, you stood there for two minutes and you mum bought it uh, like really and I mean, a yearbook in your final year anyway yeah and then people signed it and then I wouldn't even know what it is if you paid me so Good. who cares that thing needs to be buried my end but anyway so um, Teenage Angst I like I really like this I too I love this song it's good follow on from Come Home the lyrics since I was born I started to de- decay now nothing ever goes my way whew jeez full on lyrics anything else you want to say about the song before we get into it no I love it alright let's play Teenage Angst Back with Bionic Lil. Oh. Uh, Probably there are two songs in this album I think are weak, and this is one of them. Okay, I uh, not a bad song. Not a bad song, but it's not. What do you think of the lyrics in this song? Uh, or are they even called lyrics? Because really, it's just a couple of words, really. Yeah. Harder, faster, forever, after, and then it's repeated non-stop through the rest of the song. Um, I'd like to know what that song means. Um, apparently, I'm glad you asked me. Good, good throw. Apparently, the song is about the preference of an individual for their artificial bedroom devices instead of the real thing. Sweet. So, what you try to say is sex with robots? Is that what you're saying? I don't think you need a robot, but yeah, okay. You went to the full end. Can you can you get robots, lads? But you said, what did you say? Artificial being. Art, no, no, no. I said artificial bedroom devices. Oh, I thought you said being, so I assumed robot. Who has, kicking, who has sex robots in I don't know, but the word bionic, it makes you think it's a bit... Yeah, okay. So yeah, people talking about yeah. devices instead of the real thing. Okay, good. Um, I don't want to play this song. I don't nah, think it's that... move on. It's a... Uh... Skipper. Yep, there you go. Oh, but I will. <clears throat> I don't skip it, though. I'll let it go. You'll let it go. All right. Number four, though, 36 degrees. Oh... <gasps> So, I have often thought about this song before I did research into them for this podcast. So, the average body is 37 degrees. And this is 36 degrees. And this is not about a poached egg, right? So, <laughs> I'm... Oh, no, that's... 60... You know when you've got these restaurants and it's like 63 degree egg? Yeah, yeah, and you're like, you're what like, is what? that? <laughs> so, what you're giving me is a poached egg. Is that what that is? An undercooked poached egg. Yeah, so... It's been simmering for five like, hours. At what a perfect is that? Just tell me what it is. I'll have a 63 degree egg, please, with avocado smash and a blah blah. So it's poached eggs on toast, you loser. <laughs> and you're still going to charge me $25 for it. <laughs> um, anyway, I digress. But... Oh, God. So I've always thought, well, the, the right, when you think about... The, if the average person's 37 degrees... Do you die at 36 degrees? Like, is that a big difference? No. So or, so there's nothing about that. Because then I've often thought, is it about death? But then I listened to lyrics and I thought, is it about sexuality? Because he talks about that a lot. But then I went, that doesn't make sense either. Then I'm like, oh, 
maybe if you're a degree colder, like you're cold blooded. So maybe it's about. You've really thought about it. But this is what I thought about before I even did any research. So it's like, is it about being cold blooded? But I've never, ever, ever been able to figure it out. I thought I couldn't tell you though. And I did a bit of, like, I did research and, look, it came up with things, oh, it's about sexuality or death, and fans have argued. Um, I don't think But it's... I think it's 36 degrees for a reason. The average person's 37, so it doesn't mean you're cold-blooded. What maybe, you... maybe, because the lyrics go, With hindsight, I was more than blind, lost without a clue, thought I was getting carrot gold, and what I, I got, got was you. you. Cold-blooded. So that's what I mean. So it's like, yeah. So, yeah. So you I... suck. And you're not a nice person. <laughs> So 36 Degrees, playing it? I love it, please. All right, we'll play it. It might be my favourite too, so let's what play it. What you? Anyway. All right, 36 Degrees, here we go. Shoulders, toes, knees. I'm 36 Degrees. Shoulders, toes, knees. I'm 36 Degrees. Shoulders, toes, knees. I'm 36 Degrees. And then hang on to your eyes. I really like this. I really like this. Too. Hang on, hang on. Do you argue? <laughs> Do you argue? <laughs> I think this is the episode you have sang the most. I know, I don't know what's And so, like. if people hate you singing, they're going to be turned. Oh, they had it turned off twenty minutes ago. <laughs> Let's be honest. Oh, Let us know. Let us know what you think. All right. So, hang on to your cue. I've gone. I love this. Um, it's thirty-six degree. I, th- I think is good. This I think is better. The lyrics... No, it's not better. Hang on to your IQ? No. Oh, I like hang on ah. to your IQ. It's only wild, but it's not better. Okay. The lyrics are weird. Did you see the lyrics for this song? Yes. Brilliant. Chinese masseuse mm-hmm. comes between us, talks in haikus, plastic Venus. Got a head rush in her pocket, two, rub- two rubbers, two lubes, and a silver rocket. He sings about lube a lot. What's a silver rocket? Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Just thought I'd ask. Uh, uh, so Brian said about this song, this is the most story-like song on the album. The person in Hang On To Your IQ is so self-conscious they can't operate properly sexually, which we all go through at certain times in our lives. Aww. Can we play Hang On To Your IQ? Yeah. Let's do it. Got him using my head. She's universal, spinning me around. What's coming on with me? Yeah. And it all breaks down at the first rehearsal. Got the music in my head. She's universal, spinning me around. She's coming over me. I have been waiting <laughs> for a whole week to do that. Ah, <laughs> uh, that was. You got right into that oh, as well. It. Like. And I know, look, I know it's like one of those popular songs where people go, oh, whatever. I will always... That song, I heard it on Radio 1, I went into the record shop, I bought Placebo, and from there, that album for me means a lot. That song always will. It never gets old. I don't like it. I know he thinks it was naively written and blah blah but that, for me, that, that, that song always takes me back to being that age. I know I can remember singing it in my bedroom into the mirror. 
I can remember mum telling me to turn it off because what is that racket? <laughs> I can remember I also felt rebellious listening to that song because it was so different. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and even the lyrics and thinking about it and just, like, it made me feel really rebellious and it takes me back to that. Even if... at my age now, I still feel like that, like I'm being naughty. Well, you mentioned the lyrics. If our parents had got wind of these lyrics, yeah. that city was going out the door. So do you... So, lyrics... Does this makeup in his room douse himself with cheap perfume? God, that's not. Eye holes in a paper bag. Greatest lay I ever had. <laughs> like, I mean, whoa. Whew. All right, well, you've already sang it, so we don't need to play it, right? No, please, stop All right. it. All right, jeez, we'll play it at Nancy Boy. Here we go. Did you redo time? This is my favourite song on the album. Really? I absolutely love this song. Oh, I didn't see that coming. All right, talk to me about this then. The lyrics? Okay. Absolutely. I know. Just the way, I don't know. Do you know what it's about? No, well, I mean, the chorus is pretty, like, pretty explanatory. All right, so apparently there's a song around him breaking up with his partner. Yeah, that makes sense. He was in New York, so he was away. And ultimately, he was being depressed and reached out to this person just to have a chat because he missed them. Yeah. So the past will catch you up as you run faster. Oh, I know. The last in line is always called the bastard. I know. Love it. Now you ruined my whole thing because I was going to say, have you ever, have you ever noticed the didgeridoo in the song? Well, yes, I have, but I don't know of any other, and I don't know of any other song that has a didgeridoo in it. I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> <laughs> you throw it up, one of us um, knocks it out. Boom time. So I thought, genuinely, I wonder, really, how many songs have got a didgeridoo in them. I don't know. So, the didgeridoo. Oh, I, I know one. I came from a land down under. Well, obviously, but. Well, hold on. You just threw it. I gave no, you. No, but I mean. Go on. I come from a land down under. Go on. So, um, the didgeridoo originated some 1,500 years ago. Traditionally, the instrument was I played by men. I did not expect this at all. And used for ceremonial dancing and singing. But now is used variously. By who? By, well, people down in Circular Key most of the time. <laughs> um, <laughs> but... It's still you look. It's still used in the traditional way, but it's far more used in a lot of music now. So I thought songs with didgeridoos in them. Boom. Article top ten didgeridoo no songs way. of all time. Kudos to you. High five. Here we go. Great Number homework. ten. Love the way you hit me by a band called Like a Storm. They're a Kiwi band. Have a listen to that track, please. Please just have a listen to that. Oh track. wow. Okay. Number nine, Ice Age by David Byrne. Oh. Number eight, We Have Survived by a band called No Fixed Address. A lot of Aussie bands. Yeah, I've heard of No Fixed um, Number seven, and this is the one, that, well, there's two that came into my head, and this was one of them, The Dreaming by Kate Bush. Big Kate Bush fan. I'm not. Talk right. to, can you sing that? So, no, I can, I can never sing anything about Kate Bush. Yeah, because you be all over the Oh, jeez. <laughs> um... But the dreaming, so um, 
obviously in Aboriginal culture, dream time is really... Of course. And so that's a very big part of Aboriginal culture. And so this song is around that. Oh, wow, okay. And it's a beautiful song. Is it? And it yeah. Okay. Number six. The song Didgeridoo by, and we spoke about him earlier, Aphex Twin. No way, really? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow, okay, cool. Um, number five, Lion SI by Xavier Rudd. Oh, Every yeah. single backpacker, not a man, would have Xavier Rudd in their CD collection. Who's, Every- who's Xavier Rudd? Go on. Oh, he's this like oh, okay, so it's a, he's like a folk singery type, like him, old mate. Um, like old mate. What's his name? The other fella that you used to hear all the time when you're backpacking. Oh, Jack Johnson. Oh, all the time. Oh, anytime you walked in a hostel, there would be people who who smelt oh. really bad, wearing beads, walking about in ripped shorts, listening to this music. That is. And true. they were trying to find themselves, but they grew up in a middle class house in uh, the south of England. I used to do <laughs> my head in. Mate, what are you talking about? Um, so Xavier Ruud, he he yeah, like Jack, Jack that sort of soft sort yeah. of guitar type. But he got he made it big because he played every single instrument, everything. Oh, he's great. Yeah, but like Tash Sultana. Anyway, we haven't talked about her, but okay, yeah. Number four, Solid Rock by Goanna. Great cool. Aussie band. Goanna. They're not great, but they're an Aussie band. Mm-hmm. Number three, this will catch you out. Journey to Arnhem Land. By Jamiroquai. And it's on Return to the Space Cowboy album. Yeah, no way. Uh-huh, yeah. Oh, he did like a bit of the ditch. Yep. Yeah. Uh, we Stand Together by Harper and Midwest. Kind. And then number one, From Little Things, Big Things Grow by uh, Aussie icon Paul Kelly. Oh, of course. Yeah. So there we go. But Placebo's not in there. No, that's ridiculous. But, um... Okay. That was lovely. They're not in there. Look at that. But if anyone else knows any songs... With didgeridoos in them, please tweet. I, do you know what? I'm so glad I didn't go, I hate didgeridoos. They never add anything to a song, rubbish, because you know what I would have got? Flipping didgeridoo tweets coming at me with. I actually do think that didgeridoo is quite haunting, because I do like any um, instrument that's native. I'm the same with the bagpipes, I know that's ridiculous, but, and people, you'd either love them or hate them, but, um... I don't know why you're laughing. I love the bagpipes. I know you do. Um, I'm thinking about one of the CDs down the stairs that you have. Do you know the one I'm talking Red about? Red Hot Chili Pipers. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Anyway, Can but... Um, talk, so who do the Chili Pipers do? What do they do? Oh, they do like Hey Jude on the bagpipes. They do Jimi Hendrix. They do all these covers. I remember you playing that to me years ago. <laughs> like, what is this? Right. Um, but look, the song I know, I just think is beautiful. And the lyrics, the paths will catch you up as you run faster. Did we play... I a- know I love the song, but not the singer. Like, just beautiful. Do, did we play the song yet? No, and you better. All right, well, we'll play I Know, otherwise we're going off in a 50-minute tangent. All right, I Know goes like this. Back with Bruce Pristine. Oh, gee. Bruce Pristine. We were born to lose. What, what is that <laughs> ridiculousness? Great song. I don't think it's that great. You're off your head. This is what turned me off placebo. Because the first 10 seconds of the song sounds exactly the same as Nancy Boy. 
I can't even look at you right now. No, no, you're not looking at me. No. Um, I've wrote, for me, this is a repeat of Nancy Boy. This is why I didn't like it in the first place. Too similar here. I didn't mind the end of the song, though. What do you think about this song? I like you suck. (laughs) And you better play it. I don't want to play it. Absolutely, but you're playing it. It's one of my favourite. You're playing it. Bruce, pristine. Uh, play can't it. we just go with that? No, we can't. Play it, please. Bruce, pristine. Pretty much, I can just cut and paste Nancy Boy. You'll never know the difference. Oh. Here we go. Here's Bruce, pristine. I could have put Nancy Boy in there. No, you could not. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> Number nine, Lady of the Flower. No, I don't like it. Is this the second song you don't like? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't mind it. There's a filter on the vocals, which makes it slightly haunting. I do like the line, she stole the keys to my house and then locked herself out. Yeah. It's quite good. The only, chance, the only thing about the song is it kind of has the opportunity to build up into something bigger and better and it just doesn't. It just drifts no. away at the end. For me, it's, it's not a track I want to play. No. Number 10. The last track of the album, technically, I guess, is called Swallow. No. I have had... Well, here we go. A 23-year battle on what I think of this song oh no way really 100% oh I can't wait for this just then. changes every time I listen to the album mm-hmm. sometimes I go great way to end the album I love the song and then, <laughs> and then other times I go what were they thinking what is the song okay I listened to this album this morning and and I was on what is this song oh okay cool so I I really struggle with it because I just don't I'm going to jump... You've got a bit of tears in your eyes. It's yeah, weird. I do, because... It's a bit weird. Are you actually crying? No, I'm just thinking. Weird. So, I just think... This album's got so many belters in it. Why? I like her soul. Let me just rephrase. I like the song. I just wonder whether I should... Why, why should I like it as the last song? Or do I not? And I don't think it... I change. I don't think it should have been the song that ends the album. I don't think it should have been. Okay. So, uh... Bet you don't like the song. No. Right. So, my thoughts, this is not great. <laughs> Look, so, um, Robert said of the, the track that it's his favourite song. Oh. Yeah. Um, he said, my favourite song has always been Swallow. The first version of this, Brian and Stefan recorded on acid when I was in Germany for a month in September 1994 visiting an ex-girlfriend. So, I, I just don't think it's that good a song. So but, it's been a constant battle. But. So what would you end the album on? Uh, Lady of the Flowers with a big build up at the end. Job done, tick. But you're only nine songs, so you're screwed. Oh, actually, do the nine songs. I wouldn't Give maybe me... end it with I Know. Uh, well, actually, it's not a bad pick, actually. Um, Love that can we talk about the secret track? Yeah, and it's weird, because I don't really remember it. I reckon I just... Like, I don't really remember it. I mean, now... Is that because you probably... Just went back to the start again. Well, very quickly. probably you had the CD. Yeah, no CD. CD, you had the CD, right? And I don't know how long the wait was between the two songs, but maybe you just went, ah, back to the start again. Skip, 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 skip. I skip, think skip. so. Yeah, you just went all the way back. 
Spotify, which of course we listen to, it, it doesn't give you that gap anymore between. No, it's just the, there. It's just it's it's that track eleven, right on on Spotify. HK Farewell, Farewell mm-hmm. is this this the final song. It is a stunning piece of music. Yes, it it's gorgeous, and it's so out of left field on this album. It just it's not. I would never go. That's placebo, because it's a stunning, haunting, just brilliant piece of music. I love it. I, I, I like how it's a secret track because it doesn't fit on the album, but I love that they've made it. So I actually want to end the podcast on the secret. I'd agree with it. Done. Yeah, yes. I'd agree with it. All right. Okay. Let's get. Uh, all right. I don't think I usually ask you if you've got any sort of special connections to this album. Yes. Obviously, you have, and we've talked about that. So we get into reviews. Yeah. I've then, seen them live. I want to talk about seeing them live. Well, I was going to. I was going to cover that. Oh. We'll get to that. Come on. Let's get to reviews first. Grampus yeah. reviewed it. Oh, okay. What do you reckon, Grampus thought about it? Oh, Grampus. We haven't thought about talked about him for a little while. Oh, actually. you never know him because he's a bit. Well, I reckon he loved it. Four out of five, oh, Grampus. Over the years, Placebo have been the equivalent of a person you know you've met previously but whose name completely slipped your mind. You have to become reacquainted with them all over again. I went to last year Leeds Festival and Placebo were one of the better ones I saw but now their set is just a blurry memory and it's the same for this and every other album. Great while it lasts but very soon forgotten. Well, so are you, Grampus. He keeps coming back though. So Uh, I got a really good review. Um, Amazon by Les and it says this is one of my favourite albums of a time it's music for a generation and should be listened to on a regular basis can I see where you've written that down? I didn't, I just, it was on my you just remembered that yeah. did you? yeah funny that uh, another <laughs> poor review, A Poor Man's Pixies oh it's from Dejan Melchett. Don't come at me. The only thing more irritating than all that gloss regarding lead singer's groundbreaking appearance, David Bowie, Take a Hike, are naturally the songs. Had it remained a home project or a local bar sensation, Placebo could have been so much better. A Pixies tribute band at best. That's something at least. Good. You tell me how many songs you've written like Nancy Boy, you clown. finished <laughs> so angry <laughs> alright good stuff this album to me this is from JDW this album to me is perfection it gathers everything a teenager feels into one powerful album yes if you ever are feeling angry or depressed pop this album on and feel its emotion in your veins a serious five star album and this is their debut which just shows how talented they were during this period they had something to say oh who wrote that uh, JDW JDW you hit the nail on the head it's like I wrote it alright one last review as a debut this re- this from the real Rico as a debut this record is hard to beat it's got the flaws that you expect and want from a debut it's not polished or perfect instead it's raw honest emotive and full of energy outside of its major single Nancy Boy which, th- which at this stage goes down as a classic it's got half a dozen top shelf indie numbers that will evoke feeling from even the most dead uh, to the world goth most dead to the world goth I do dislike the huge gap between the final track and the hidden track why bands do this baffles me overall I'd highly recommend this and the rest of the band's albums especially the two that follow this which is exactly what you said yeah. so maybe he's, he's talked about how big the gap is between the final and the secret so, yeah, you never, never waited around 
What rating did you give this? High. You did. Eight. You gave it an eight, right? I gave it a seven and a half. <sighs> I'd probably drop it to a seven. Do you want to stay my friend? <laughs> <laughs> Leslie, have you ever seen them live? Yes. <laughs> Twice. Um, once in um, Glasgow. Okay. And then once at Tina Park. All right. And when I saw them at Tina Park, I was waiting there for them. And, the, and to be just so you know, the first time I saw them was at Tina Park. So I literally was like waiting. All right. So first time you saw them at Tina Park, and then you saw and them, then I saw them later on. Yeah. Right, but um, and I wouldn't. I don't think. Well, what year would it have been? It would have been before the year two thousand. So my assumption. you went to ninety nine, I think, and I went to ninety eight. Yeah. So it would have been this album, and yes, without you, I'm nothing. Yes. So I was so pumped, and I waited for ages. The band came out. Everyone bar Brian. Right. And I was waiting and waiting, and they were all like, you know, getting ready and... Faffing about. Yeah. And then he comes on, and then he sort of stands there at the microphone, kind of does himself up, and he went, oh, sorry. Sorry I was late. I was just backstage getting a... (laughs) Oral sex. Okay. God, so old, us, like, just... Well, I don't want to say it, like, it's... No, no, it's very... Yeah, I understand. Yeah. And then I and everybody's like, Whoa. and then I laughed, and then I thought it was really cool because I was like, what? Twelve? How late was it? Was he like, what was the uh, band it, doing? Just like you know, waiting around, like you know, like pretend to tune their guitar, but it's already tuned, about, yeah, and yeah. then like waiting about, and bang, 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 bang. While he's out the back, and whether he was like, I don't know if he was, or it was just a, or just I think he said, a cool but it was, yeah. And then I was like, that I love you. That's so funny. Because <laughs> I. <laughs> a man or a woman who knows so so I'll never know if that actually happened or was it just something he said well yeah okay uh, tell me about the Glasgow gig how was that um, yeah great because you know what festival it was amazing to see them live at Teen the Park but you know festival it's open sounds not always amazing no this was just raw yeah okay and it's just he's just got a stage presence and look love him or hate him and he is a bit divisive yeah he can really like he performed so well and I, it was just amazing. And they played in Sydney last year. Oh. A year before. Must have been the year before because of the best of. And um, I was, yeah, I don't know why I didn't get tickets. I don't know. You've, yeah, okay. I don't know. But if they come back, I'd, yeah. Okay. I'd, I want to go and see them. Yeah, again. I would go with you as well. Woo-hoo. I think they'd be great. I mean, from what some of the stuff I've actually seen of them playing yeah, they're live, brilliant. they're really good. All right. Let's get out of here. So they are placeboworld.co.uk at placeboworld on Twitter. Um, 2017, they came to Australia, Leslie. So that was when they last came out. Mm-hmm. As I talked about, they're not touring. Nothing new on the sort of radar. But Stefan's new band, Digital 21 Plus, Stefan Allstall. Go and check that out. They're on Spotify, list, So I've got a placebo Spotify playlist. Do you want me to share it with you? No. Cool. Uh, I'll just listen to Nancy Boy 15 times in a row. Oh, my God. Uh... Says the man that likes Reef. <sighs> Variety, Liz. All right, so where to buy the album? It's a dollar sixty-nine, a pound sixty-nine. You're a dollar sixty-nine. Right. Okay. I sort of hinted the last episode that the next week's was a big one, and I'm really, really nervous about this. Why I've enjoyed nervous? this one. I've enjoyed it... this one, but the next one, I'm, I'm actually pretty worried about. There's two reasons why you'd be nervous. Go on. One is because I'm going to hate it, and you're just going to think I'm going to be angry for an hour and a half. Okay. Two. Because it's a big band, okay, and you get always get a wee bit apprehensive when we talk about them. 
It's the latter. Oh. I'll give you a clue. You friggin' love this band. No way. Mm-hmm. Is it? Mm-hmm. Has the time come? It's the time This come. is what I've been waiting for. The time for. is oh now. Oh my god. So. It's just, it's just getting better and better. It's Oasis, isn't it? It's Oasis. There is no way that it... Right, okay. What album is it like? Well, it's not the first two. Okay. There's no, and if it is, I'm going to walk out. Okay. Um, right, well, it's either going to be Standing on the Shoulders and Giants or Be Here Now. There you go. Flip a coin. Which one is it? Well, you... Right. So I like one of those better than the other. Mm-hmm. And then you're the other way around. I know. So you love Standing on the Shoulders. I do. Better than Be Here Now. I do. And I love Be Here Now. I better do. than Standing on the Shoulders I and Giants. Do. Who wins, me or you? You win. <laughs> <laughs> because you're not a massive fan of Standing and I am and even on the Standing album there's a few songs Little James that are not great um, so we next week massive massive episode probably our biggest oh god it's a way to be here now I'm nervous too I'm nervous I'm really but you know what this song means everything to me I mean album I mean Everything. I can't wait. I can't wait. I oh. really want you to take the lead on this. Oh, without doubt. Because this is kind of like the Roses episode. You know, you did a lot of work oh. around that. Um, one thing I want you to cover. Well, actually, there's two bits of homework for us, right? One okay. thing I want you to do. I want you to talk to me about the political landscape. All right? Okay. We, have, we, have, we haven't had a political one for a while. So, wow. Tony, so Blair, had just come into power six months before this album. And this album came out. Now... This is the album that officially killed Britpop, apparently. I want your thoughts on that. I think that that might have been Beautiful South. (laughs) So I want you to come at me and tell me, first of all, the political landscape, because we went under Conservative leadership for so long and Labour had just come into power. Is this the album that killed Britpop? Why do people think it is? Um, And I can understand. Okay. And I will be balanced. I'll try. So I'll, t- I'll tell everybody how I think about the album. And okay. this is more about... And this is the thing with music. This is more of an emotional thing. Okay. I will also understand the criticism of the album. Okay. And I will, t- I will, be, f- I will be balanced. Okay. I'm going to... Yeah, I, I've mixed feelings about this album. Yeah. Because I'm, I very much followed... Well, I'm, I very much fell into the same trap, I feel, as journalists. That when the album came out, I was all in on this album. And then looking back at it now, oh, I've got a very different view of it. But I'm, I'm real. I really want to talk about this album. There's a lot behind it's this time. album. There's so much. The other thing I want you to take away as homework. Yep. Is Noel Gallagher's new song. Oh yeah, you, yeah. You oh, said this. I'm not chance to. Black Star Dancing. Holy cow! Has Twitter lost their minds? So okay. uh, I'm not going to share my view. I want you to okay. have a, a little listen to it, and I want you to come back to me what you think next week. Um, but holy cow has Twitter lost her mind wow yeah it's mental out there bring it alright so we are done Whew, that was a long one good one I like that um, so we're at Britpop Banter on Twitter and Facebook uh, for any sort of feedback thoughts questions etc email us BritpopBanter at gmail.com ratings guilty pleasures anything you want to send us through to them uh, anything else before we get in? did you enjoy yourself oh I loved it this has been one of my favourites actually because I didn't have anything bad to say at all, really. I think we've listened to this back. Actually, no, you've been really positive. Wow. Apart from five, but five deserves no, it. No, but that's fine. I deserve it, yeah, fine. Yeah. Um, oh, what was my guilty pleasure for next week? Sugar Babes, one touch. Oh, I'm happy about that too. Train comes when I'm gone, destination. I'm actually all right with that. I'm actually kind of... So next week's going to be fun. All right, um, let's get out of here. All right, cool. thank you, everyone. See you later. Bye.